0: Welcome to the Alito Bearcats Coaches Show Podcast from Real Country 92.1 Hank FM brought to you by H5 Sports Barn in Alito recorded live every Monday night at 7 from the new Jake's Burgers in Alito and now with Alito Bearcats head coach Robbie Jones the voice of the Bearcats Kevin Longquist
1: 3rd and 11 at the 43 yard line Haney on a keep with Runderman to midfield he is gone thirty. 20 10 touchdown alito bearcats no flags 135 on the clock and with that touchdown and followed by the two-point conversion the bearcats rallied past Denton ryan by a score of 25 to 19 to win the district Five a championship and welcome back to the alito coaches show podcast coming to you here from the new jakes on 1187 in alito and hope everyone enjoyed the bye week from last week and now back to work this week. I'm Kevin Alonquist, joined here by Alito head coach Robbie Jones, and uh, just a couple things. We'll probably be here inside of Jake's for the next couple of weeks, just because of how the weather is, a little cold outside. Finally, nice to see some real weather come through here as we're starting to look toward November. We should tell you though, from uh, last week's, or I should say the podcast from two weeks ago, since we weren't on the air, we had more than 150 downloads leading up to the Denton Ryan game. So thank you all to contributing to that. And of course, spread the word to all of your friends about the podcast. You can get it wherever you download your podcast or on the Hank FM website. Okay, Coach. Let's get into this. Uh, by the way, we should also tell you too that in our second segment, the future of Alito's football program will be uh, with us here. We're going to be joined by super sophomores, wide receiver Caden Finley and running back Ray Gillery. So you want to stick around for that? All right, Coach. So let's take a look at uh, two weeks ago against Denton Ryan, the 25 to 19 victory. Ups and downs on the offense. You got off to a good start, obviously, but there were a couple of things that didn't go your way too either. You had the drop touchdown pass in the end zone. You had the misfire in the red zone. And so just what were your takeaways just overall from that game?
2: Right, we were shooting ourselves in the foot, basically. We uh, first drive of this, you know, game, we go down. We're in a really good spot to, to go ahead seven, nothing. We get a false start, backs us up. We end up having to kick a field goal. Then we, you know, started with the first play of the game. Really, you know, we dropped a pass on the first play of the game. Then we dropped a touchdown later on. We We felt like we played well enough, you know, early on where we could have been up at least 24 nothing, 31 nothing, but didn't end up that way. We 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 sputtered uh, towards the end of the first half offensively, let them get back in the game and, and, you know, uh, things that we can't do anymore.
1: So let's you know, in terms of that, even though it wasn't what you thought it was going to be, and of course, we talked about it at halftime too, saying if they just make a couple of plays here, this is probably not as close as it should be, but it was there any part that you saw on your sidelines or just thinking even when it got out to a 17 nothing lead, that there was a period of relaxing thinking that this thing was in control or what was your sense of where things were on the sidelines?
2: I, I don't think we felt like, you know, we relaxed or anything like that. Uh, we just for whatever reason, we, we stopped making plays and then they started making them uh, and, and give credit to didn't Ryan, you know, maybe uh, at the beginning of the game, they didn't have the belief of that they were going to beat us. but. You know, after we we made a few of those mistakes and and they caused some of them, uh, then they started, you know, getting a little momentum. They got that momentum. There wasn't really a a panic on our side. I never saw anybody on our team think that we weren't going to win the football game, even when we went down. 19 to 17 you know there was always that belief hey we're going somebody's going to make a play somebody's going to do something for us to go win this football game
1: so I want to take you to that spot too because it had gotten tight it was 17-13 in the early part of the fourth quarter you had a fourth and short around your 35 yard line and you elected to to go for it, and I see a lot of coaches who like to try that because you want to seize and capitalize on the momentum. Unfortunately, it didn't work out, but just take oh. us through what you were thinking on that.
2: No, we, you know, we had fourth and a half yard, and we got in our, our basically our goal line package, our big package when we get put uh, Devon in there at, at the Wildcat, and we, we felt like we were just going to get the one yard that we needed, and then, you know, maybe that would spark our offense to, to start rolling again. Of course, it backfired on us. You know, Devon bounced the ball outside and they tackled him for actually a loss. So, you know, it, it kind of backfired on me there. But, you know, I, I felt like I felt good, you know, going into that play that we were going to go get the first down. So and in terms of that,
1: too, because coaches always want to find a way to try and seize momentum, too, because it had been kind of a rocky back and forth. You guys had not scored, uh, obviously, since the first happened. You want to get you want to show your team that you can also believe in them and that they can get a first down they can kind of keep things going too so i'm sure there's some sort of psychology mixed into that as right. well
2: yeah you know you give the kids hey look I, I believe in you uh we believe in you we're going to put you out there go get this first down and let's get the ball rolling again you know but like i said it didn't work out for us uh next time we are going to get that first down you know it's happened for us you know in the past uh going back to i've been talking to the levitt cooper coach quite a bit so the Love cooper game back in what was that 19 uh, comes to mind where we had a a fourth and six, I believe it was, and we made a big uh, first down run on fourth and six uh, late in the fourth quarter in that game. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it it was that type of of decision to make. I, I really didn't want to make that decision in our own end. I'd rather for it been, you know, on the other side of the 50 yard line, but I felt good enough uh, with the ability of our running back and our offensive line to go get that first down.
1: So let's talk a little bit about as far as, you know, just this defensive uh, performance by Ryan, because I would arguably say that this was probably the best defense that you all have faced all year. Nothing against Denton Geyer's defense, but the way Ryan, how physical they are and they obviously forced a you know a few turnovers for you guys but what was the most impressive thing when you reviewed ryan what they were defensively what their impressiveness their
2: defensive line we knew going in their defensive line was really really good and so going into the game and then it, it proved to be the fact during the game that their defensive line is big and physical and fast they're quick you know they're not just these big guys that can't move They put some moves on us up front where uh, we were pass setting on and we didn't hardly touch them so they were able to get pressure on Haas which caused some of those turnovers.
1: Okay so let's talk a little bit about as far as you know just that game-winning drive for you all and I'll get to the defensive stop here in a moment but you know that that game-winning drive there and I remember you told Mercedes Meyer our sidelines reporter about that in the post-game interview about that draw play but what just so for those who may not have heard that post-game interview what did you all see on that fourth down, uh, on that third down third play down. rather that that really that you thought, let's do this draw right here?
2: Well, they were kind of overplaying the, the three receiver side. So, you know, if Haas broke free and went to uh, his left, which he did, you know, they didn't have but one secondary guy over there and, and Caden blocked that guy. He actually pancaked that guy on the play. Uh, so w- basically the, the main thing we were trying to do right there was pick up if not the first down the majority of the yards for the first down to make fourth down more manageable and and so that's why you call uh, the quarterback draw in that situation is to try and put yourself in a, a good situation to to possibly go for it on fourth down pick up the fourth down but you know it turned out you know to be a really big play for us and uh to Hoss, you know with the ability to he has to run with the football took it to the house
1: reminiscent of uh last year too, at ryan with the 87 yard touchdown run that sealed that victory last
2: year right. the and, college. and similar to deal uh we had three receivers to the right on that uh play as well so you know we set them strong one way and then we hit them with the run back to the weak side
1: you know and the one thing i was thinking about too uh, days after this game uh, is the fact that you know you all had so so much been in cruise control in a lot of these games. You know, Justin Northwest pushed you all a little bit. You didn't get the resistance from Burleson Centennial that I think some of us thought you were going to get. But maybe you all needed something like this to understand that it's not going to be
2: 70 to nothing, 60 to 14, things like that. Right. Kind of a wake up call for us, you know, and sometimes when you get those wake up calls, it's a bad situation because you just lost a football game and that's your wake up call. Luckily for us, we did make that play at the end with Haas on the on the draw and you know our wake-up call didn't end up being a loss for us you know because we did we, we started off strong and then you know kind of eased off you know mm-hmm. for whatever reason and you know you can't do that against good teams you gotta you know you gotta keep the hammer down and, and keep going at them and not give them you know any type of hope and any type of breath
1: so let's talk a little bit about now as far as like just you know what your message was to your team following that game and what it was because you didn't have men over the weekend but you had them in on monday afterwards and so what was kind of just the message as you all were coming off that and then obviously going through the bye week you No,
2: know, the, the message was to realize hey guys we're not invincible you know we got to go out and we got to play with great effort great intensity we can't take uh, any opponent lightly you know we, we didn't take didn't ryan lightly we just basically you know we went out there we, we started off well and then we you know backed off and you can't go do that against a really good football team. And we said, hey, look, go go watch video. Go watch what you didn't do well. Uh, and let's learn from that. Let's take that and let's move on and let's take it into the Brewer week and then into the playoffs and let's go make sure we're a better football team than we were when we played Denton Ryan. And I would suspect
1: that's the same uh, for, for Haney, your quarterback. And again, he had the tough night with the three interceptions, but of course he had the big play at the end to win the game. So, And I know he's maybe as tough on himself as anybody else out there but what do you think he learned about just going through a game like that when it's not going to come as easy as as he would like for it to be in any of us would
2: no like i for think it to he be. learned you know not to force things you know sometimes you have to you know take a sack every now and then or you know when, when you don't see your first initial thing which you're trying to go to you know in the passing game uh, you got to buy a little bit of time with your legs and maybe even take off and run sometimes you know so those are some of the things that that we talked to him about you know we also got to you know we got to get him out of the pocket a little bit more you know uh, we were straight drop back most of the time uh, we've talked about that we put a few things on this week to where we're going to uh, get him out of the pocket a little bit more this week uh, to, to you know, use that down the road, you know, as well. Kind of like a, in a boot action, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, some bootleg, you know, uh, our dash play that we work on, you know, different things like that.
1: OK, so this is game week uh, preparation for Brewer. But last week was obviously the opportunity to kind of review, get some guys well, you know, health wise, that sort of thing. But what was kind of the focus of last week's bye week? I mean,
2: the big thing was trying to get some people healthy. You know, we we've been fighting the injury bug all year. You know, we've been kind of snake bit with injuries all year. We're trying to get some guys healthy, so we gave some guys pretty much the week off. They, they pretty much worked with Coach Little exclusively. Uh, coach Little would work with them uh, before practice. They would come out and, and do a few things, and then after school, they would come back work with Coach Little again. So Coach Little was the busiest coach we had last <laughs> week, You know, trying to yeah. get some guys healthy. You know, But then we worked on some fundamentals. We worked on a lot of tackle drills uh, with the defense. Defense worked on a lot of tackling. Uh, we got the receivers out early uh, on our jugs machine you know for those that don't know what a jugs machine it's kind of like a pitching machine but for footballs and we were firing footballs at them so they were getting a lot of catches in uh, with the jugs machine so we were working on a lot of those little things you know uh, that Play a big part in the game you know we had four drops uh in the game we don't right. we don't we don't drop a whole lot of footballs and i i told the kids it kind of reminded me of back in 2012 we had two losses in 2012. we had six drops in the first loss and then we had seven drops in the playoff game uh, that we lost i said we can't go drop footballs anymore especially on third downs and fourth downs which is where we had some of those drops you know uh, i know we had uh two Two big ones, you know, one was on a third down, which led to a punt. And then we went for it on a fourth down and had another one that hit us in the hands and, and dropped it. You know, we had the drop touchdown. We had the drop on the first play of the game. So we were trying to get rid of those drops.
1: So and I imagine, too, that drops are kind of a thing to, that you, are both physical as well as mental. So no. so when you're using the jugs machine, how does that work in both elements, if you will?
2: You know, basically that that ball coming at you pretty hard. You know, so you got to be ready for it. You got to be focused in on making the catch, you know, and then they make the catch, they got to tuck it away. So all those things, you know, it's a stationary drill, you know, but then you go out and run routes later on, you know, so you apply the same, you know, techniques. Okay, so
1: let's talk a little bit about because at the end of last week's bye week was the time for the University Interscholastic League for schools to turn in their snapshot uh, enrollment and Alito turned in enrollment number of 2267 students. Now, that's right on that could be right on the 6A cutoff line because uh, the UIL cutoff for 6A last for the last realignment back in 2022 was 2225 students here. And so, you know, it can always kind of vary here, Robbie. But when you see that number, because you all were even thinking that you might be a little bit higher than the 2267.
2: Yeah, I mean. When we first opened up this year, you know, we were way higher than that. Uh, But, you know, we've had a lot of kids leave uh, Alito ISD for whatever reason, you know, since the beginning of the school year. So our number, we would see it each week, it was kind of dropping. I was like, well, hey, if it keeps dropping, we got a chance to stay 5A. Uh, Now, who knows where the number is going to be? Nobody knows. You can't predict where the UIL is going to set that number. Uh, There are experts out there that think they know. Uh, I've seen one that says uh, that they think the line's going to be cut off at 2280. Another guy said 2270. So, both the guys that are out there that are trying to predict this, they've got to stay in 5'8. But who knows?
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where it's either going to be an either or situation for this program. Uh, when you all start playing football in 2024, you're either going to be one of the largest uh, 5A schools across Texas starting next year, or you're going to be one of the smallest schools in 6A uh, when you all start playing football next year. It's kind of like you can't ha- you're can't you going to have one of the one of the two extreme worlds.
2: Right. And that's what I was telling people in my interviews during the, the summer. I was doing an interview <laughs> at coaching school uh, with Dave Campbell, Texas football, and they were asking me about, you know, how, uh, the growth of a and I told them, I said, look, we don't know where the the number is going to be we don't know what our number is I said but way we feel right now is we're probably going to be either one of the largest 5A schools in the state or one of the smallest 6A schools in the state and you know we can't do anything about that we just got to go with whatever the UIL sets us in
1: sure and I think well, you'll at least find out what classification you are in December because they'll at least if I remember correctly that's the time frame when they'll, you won't know your districts until realignment next February but you'll at least know what classification you're going to Right,
2: they've done that the last couple of times they come out with you know what the number was going to be so everybody would know hey, we're going to be a 5A Division two this time we're going to be a 5A Division one or we're going to be a 6A. So you know, they do come out with that, you know, cut off number so that everybody kind of has an idea of where they're going to be that helps people sometimes uh, set up their games their you know, their preseason games, you know, right. because they know, well, I'm not going to be in the district with these people that are close to me, so I can try to play them, things like that.
1: Sure. And and that helps you, too. I mean,
2: it, you yeah, know. That, that helps a whole lot. You know, and I'm finding out the difficulties in finding people to play. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I've got three people that are lined up. I don't want to tell everybody who they are right now. But, uh, you know, we got some games lined up. We're still looking for uh, a scrimmage. Uh, I've talked with Coach Doty at Stephenville when we scrimmaged them. I said, hey, look, we got a possibility of being a 6A. Uh, and being a 6A, I, I probably don't want to scrimmage a 4A next year. And he's already found a, another scrimmage to replace us. Right. Uh, you know, and I've talked to another school that was looking I told him, hey, let's pencil each other down. Uh, but he said he doesn't have but one JV and, and one freshman team. And I said, well, I got to find somebody that has two JVs and two freshmen. Mm-hmm. If I can find somebody with two freshmen, two JVs, you know, I may go and, and would scrimmage someone else.
1: Yeah, I was going to say there, there's a challenge in that. I mean, because this is really the, the first time you've had to go, you know, roll up your sleeves and start looking for opponents in the next uh, yeah. for real life. What's the greatest challenge besides just dealing with the you know the aura in front of you saying well no one wants to play me but I mean what's the real challenge in just trying to put it together an odd district schedule because number one you don't know how many teams you're gonna play because right. you could be in an eight-team district or you could be in a nine-team district that right. you have been the last two years and then secondly it's just trying to make sure that you get it set up so that everything's distributed even well like. the
2: nine-team district actually helps you because then you only have to find two right yeah right uh, but no you know and, and there I've talked to some coaches they say coach I, I would play you but we're already set you know so they you know some guys got their their schedule set real quick you know they're basically playing the same people they've been playing uh situations like that uh but you know uh we we wanted to try to stay away from the the private school this time uh and you know we did that we're still going to have denton guyer you know on the schedule that you know he's having a hard time finding so he can't he can't find games right uh, but you know so i i didn't uh drop him That's going to be a very tough game again next year because they were kind of young this year. So it's going to be even tougher.
1: Right. Okay. so let's talk a little bit now moving on, because obviously Alito has not only clinched a playoff berth, but it's also clinched the district championships, which means that you all are going to be the number one seed. And you're going to open up the uh, playoffs a week from Thursday, November 9th at home against uh, Colleen Shoemaker. That'll be at Tim Buchanan Stadium. And uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about because this is a repeat game from last year's by district round against uh, Shoemaker, a game that you won 38 to nothing last year. But we were talking before we went on the year about seems like that's a team that's starting to get healthy. And of course, talk about not only them, and we'll get to Brewer here in a minute, but talk about Shoemaker and the fact that what they're experiencing. And then secondly, just the philosophy of playing that by district game on a Thursday night, because so many other games are on Friday and Saturday.
2: Right, uh, you know, number one, Shoemaker last year, when we played Shoemaker, we was like, hey, this is the best first round opponent that we have had in a long time you know, and same deal is going to be this year. They're going to be a really tough football team. They got a lot of kids back from last year. I believe it's seven of their offensive starters from last year back. Uh, they got four back on defense. So they're going to be a real similar team from what we saw last year. It's going to, it's not going to be an easy one. Uh, and, and the Thursday deal, that's just, you know, I. <sighs> I went with it because it's kind of been something that we've done here recently. You know, the thought process behind, hey, let's get that first game on Thursday is it gives your guys uh, another day of rest going into uh, the second round. So, you know, we wanted to do that. You know, the the Shoemaker coach wanted to play on Thursday and because we did it last year. And I said, you know what, Uh, I I was considering going on Friday, but you want to play on Thursday, And, and that's what we've been doing here for I don't know how many years in a row we, yeah, it's we've been done a long, it, uh, yeah. but so I, I just stuck with the tradition of, of doing the first game on Thursday, kept it that way, uh, just, uh, you know, simplicity basically, you know, and then, uh, you know, some of the things that I'm learning as first-year head coaches, you got to have uh, playoff sites lined up weeks in advance, oh, yeah. uh, and I've been calling, you know, uh, I've been in contact with Coach Darden uh, at Lubbock Cooper because that would probably be our second-round opponent. Uh, if we're fortunate enough to beat Shoemaker and, and we've been looking for, for a, a playoff site and it's been difficult because we got we call Abilene and we're eighth on the list for Shotwell oh, okay. and you, yeah. call, you call Sweetwater and you're third on the list for Sweetwater. You know, so uh, it, it, it's hard to find a spot.
1: Yeah, unbelievable. OK, so. But in the meantime, we know where we're playing this coming Friday night. That's right. over at, over at White Settlement at Brewer High School against the Bears. And of course, they've been eliminated from playoff contention. They're three and six going into this, and we don't want to dismiss anything about this because obviously there's a lot of things on the line. You want to keep executing at a high level. There's obviously no. the idea of trying to finish this regular season at 10 and 0. They want to try and knock you guys off because it's their rivalry game right. with you guys. And so just what's been your approach with getting ready for, for, for the Bears? this you know, coming Friday?
2: We, we've talked about, hey, look, we got to take care of Brewer first. You know, we we can't, you know, we just talked about Shoemaker. We can't worry about Shoemaker. We can't go look at Shoemaker. Uh, Brewer is a very talented football team. They got all the makings of being a quality playoff opponent. You know, they have big, huge offensive linemen. They have big physical uh, defensive linemen. And then you look over at their skill kids. They got as good a skill kids as anybody that we played. You know, so they, they have all the makings of a really good football team they just have had you know the unfortunate you know uh being in a, a really good district you know
1: and their quarterback clark who is kind of like the where where it all goes with him he's he's averaging about you know six yards per per carries probably their leading ball carrier i mean but this is also a pretty good test though for your defense because when you get to the playoffs it's going to be about number one being able to run the football and then number two being able to stop the run. So this is maybe kind of a nice way to transition it because you're going to go against a team that's, you know, basically 65-35 run to pass.
2: Yeah, you know, they, they've got a really good defense. So it's going to be a big test for for our offense to get back rolling against a good defense. And then, uh, like you said, we got to be able to stop the run. And that's probably what they do best is run the football. So, you know, we got to go and we got to go stop the run. Uh, they got a really good running back there. And of course, their quarterback, they do a lot of, of of replays you know uh what we call down quarterback uh, quarterback power read they do a lot of that uh and they do a lot of just quarterback design runs so you know and, and when you do a lot of quarterback design runs It gets you an extra blocker because your running back, the guy that you're normally handing the ball off to, he's out there blocking for him. So it can create some problems for us.
1: And then, what do you want to see just from both sides of the football for your team since you've had the week off? I would suspect you obviously want to see if you can avoid any kind of rust at the beginning, but it might be unavoidable. So, what do you want to see?
2: I I want to see our offensive line go out there and be dominant like they've been earlier in the year. You know, we weren't as dominant in our last game with our offensive line. Uh, I want those guys to, to challenge themselves and go out and be, you know, the physical dominant. Force that we're used to our offensive lines being. And the same with our defensive line. Uh, our defensive line needs to whip them up front and control the line of scrimmage and uh, keep them from running the football.
1: And uh, more continued progress uh, from Carson Dempsey, just the way that he's been coming back. What have you seen Yeah, from him? I mean, he,
2: he's good. He's, he's 100%. Uh, he, he's rolling and... That guy's going to be a force to be uh, reckoned with during the playoffs, hopefully.
1: Okay, and then just an update on uh, Cooper Cyphers, because he's been out with a hand injury, and so what's the latest uh, on him? you
2: know, I haven't gotten a a recent update on him. It's going to be still a few weeks before he's uh, even considered to be able to play, I believe. You know, it's it's up to whatever his doctor lets us do. All right.
1: Coach, always appreciate the time, and uh, we'll look forward to watching you guys in the regular season finale uh, this coming Friday night over at White Settlement. Uh, Good luck to you on
2: Friday. Uh, thank you. We're going to have the sophomores come up here.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to have the super sophomores come. And then the Bearcats uh, uh, on KTFW 92.1 pregame show is at 630. Then the kickoff is at 7 o'clock with yours truly, Kyle Hicks, Mercedes Meyer, the Deacon running the stats, and uh, Hayden Posey is our engineer. On the other side of this break, the super sophomores, the uh, future of Aledo uh, football will be with us. That will be wide receiver Caden Finley and running back Ray Guillory. Stick around. We'll be right back after this timeout. Power pistol formation as Haas Haney is that quarterback. Brett Turner is the fullback. Double tight end, single receivers either side. And it'll be a Haney run, tries to break outside, has room, 25, cuts it up the middle. First down to the 25, and he slides down to the 17-yard line, and that should do it. And that's when the Bearcats were able to put away that 25-19 victory against Denton Ryan, and they won the District 35A Championship. Welcome back here to the Alito Coaches Show podcast here on 92.1 Hank FM, Kevin Lockwood. It's brought to you by H5 Sports Barn. H5 Sports Barn and Knife Physio and Performance can help unlock your athletic potential and elevate your game like the Alito Bearcats with expert sports physical therapy, tailored recovery plans, and top-notch sports performance training. H5 Sports Barn Proud supporters of the Alito Bearcats. Okay, let's take a look at the Alito alumni report. Of course, as we're uh, taping this podcast, the Rangers are in the World Series and playing Game Three at the recording of this game and out in Arizona. And Alito alumni uh, Cody Bradford is on the Rangers roster. He pitched in Game One on Friday night, the one that the Rangers rallied to win six to five in eleven innings. Pitched one perfect inning in that game, uh, opening game of the World Series. He has a sparkling 1.35 ERA in this postseason. So congratulations to him. Then a couple of other uh, football players that are doing their thing. Uh, quarterback Braden Fowler-Nicolosi over at Colorado State, throwing for nearly 2,500 yards and 16 touchdowns this year. And then the offensive lineman Isaac Sohn, who was with this state championship team last year. These two, This one to my far left, Caden Finley, knows who he was. Uh, he's at the University of North Texas. He's going through his redshirt freshman year now a couple things to update you on as far as the other sports are concerned the uh, volleyball team in the playoffs tonight they were uh, Monday night against Northside that game is was being played over at Castleberry High School we understand the volleyball team won so they're going to move on to the area round and then just a reminder that the cross-country teams the girls which won the regional championship over at May Simmons Park back on the uh, 23rd and the boys who finished fourth They are running this coming Friday at Old Settlers Park in Round Rock. That'll start Friday morning. The girls will run at 8.30. The boys will be at 9.10. And if everything goes well, we hope to have Coach Mike Pinkerton and a couple of runners on this podcast a week from tonight. Okay, so let's get going with our second segment because it is the future of the Alito football program. These are super stud sophomores. To my far left is wide receiver Caden Finley. To my immediate left is running back Ray Gillery. Give it up for these two young men, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so guys, it's real easy moving on to play varsity football, right? I mean, because both of you all played the varsity game at, at the freshman level. But I first of all want to ask you both because. You know, just playing at the varsity level and the speed. And I want to ask you, just this is going back to last year, and then we can talk about making the transition in this year. Mm-hmm. What did you all learn about just adjusting your games? Because you were coming from eighth grade, and you immediately make the vault all the way up to the varsity game, Caden. Yes, so, how challenging was that?
3: And what did you have to do to kind of get acclimated with that? Oh, um, really? It's really different from middle school football. So, um, I just learned from the older guys, Coach Jones and Coach Buck. Uh, Coach Jones was the offensive coordinator last year, so he helped me a lot. Um, Jalen Pope helped me a lot, so it was really just a learning process from the beginning of the season, and I was just learning the whole year last year, so it was a great experience last year for sure. Okay, then Ray, for you, because you played last year at uh, Mansfield Lake Ridge, and so just even
1: so, regardless of where you were, what was the challenge of making that move? And and you had a productive season. You ran for over 700 yards, Mm -hmm. but what was the challenge of just making that adjustment so that you could be so that you could perform at that level.
4: Uh, the talent was very. It was. It was mental, honestly. Uh, watching film, being patient, just dedicating my game to what's going on now instead of worry about the long term, like worry about Duncanville the Soto. I had a lot, I had a tough schedule, but taking it week by week and being listen to my coaches at Lake Ridge and just focusing on what I got now. That really helped.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, since you did play program, two programs at One State Childs last year,
4: what was that like going against Duncanville and DeSoto? Honestly, I looked at it as an opportunity. Uh, I mean, I scored on one of the best teams in the uh, district. I mean, I must be doing something great.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about wise. You guys have, have gone through some dings this, this year. Physically, where are you at right now, Caden?
3: I'm 100% right now. Sure, yes sir. All
1: right, and then for you, I know you had the the little ankle issue you were all the way through that, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. All right, cool. So all right, so let's just talk about a little bit about okay, so what I did want to ask you a little bit about uh Ray just moving in uh from Mansfield from Lake Ridge High School, the key to the transition, what was that like just you go from an offense that was pretty productive at Lake Ridge to this offense where it's kind of next level, if you will, and so when you got here, and I think it was January, mm-hmm. what was it like just understanding what were going to be the expectations and then just performing at and making sure that you could kind of keep things rolling for yourself and being as productive as you possibly could?
4: Well, honestly, I grew up like playing Wee football. i always been in the winter program, so I knew what it took, but I knew um, this transfer, it was like very different because I'm coming from a head, a program that's really not used to winning and a lot of people on the team mindset was to stick to being, what's the word, being um, complacent, and, um, yeah. they want everything for themselves, they really want to worry about the team and transferring to Alito, it's all about Alito. The program it's about the team, not just about you was it
1: eye opening for you to 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 walk in here because of a program that's done what it has done and you 've seen it from the outside, but to now get in the into the middle of it, what was it like for you just kind of
4: understanding all the nuances inside It was very different i mean um when i when I first walked into the locker room, I felt different because They've been playing football since December, and I I was done a long time ago. So just walking in, the vibe was just different. I knew that I was going to have to work to be up there with them guys. Okay. Caden, for you uh, this year,
1: I know it's been up and down for you a little bit in terms of just receptions. You had the big 75-yard touchdown touchdown reception a few weeks back but what's it been what's it been key for you this year and what have you learned about your game and things that you want to try and accept that you you, this maybe that you worked
3: on during the bye week that you think can help you moving forward yes sir so during a bye week I'm just trying to focus on being a good teammate Um, getting my blocks from my my running backs and my quarterbacks and just becoming like a more a better teammate and, you know, one thing that Coach Jones was mentioning on the first segment was that you had
1: the key block, you know, yes, of, or, and you had the pancake block that sprung Haas on the game-winning touchdown run. And one thing that receivers here are asked to do is block, and you've understood that since you've been a part of this, but you have to appreciate that even more, and do you understand the value of that now more and more every
3: day? Yes, sir. It's definitely... I love blocking. I just love, like, just going out there because I already know my boys Haas and Ray going to score every time. So, like, <laughs> when I go out there, I just... I just have trust and I know if I get my block they they're gonna do their thing. So it's really it's really fun.
1: Okay, so speaking of receiving, so Ray, we know we you know your first play at Alito is a little swing off pass against mm-hmm. Parish Episcopal and boom, seventy-five yards. But I think the one play that we've talked about was the thirty-four yard touchdown reception against Centennial a couple weeks back. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it's one thing to be a running back and to be a, a, a ball carrier that's going to be productive, but it's another thing to be a threat in the receiving game. Just talk about what you've worked on to become a dual threat, both when you're behind the you know behind the quarterback, or if you're split out, or if they're going to use you to receive as a receiver.
4: Well, my freshman year, I was training with Zombie, and I trained for slot a lot because I really I really didn't know what position I was going to play my freshman year because I wanted to play quarterback, I wanted to play running back, I wanted to play receiver. But I was training receiver all my like basically all my life, and I knew I got hands and just being in the backfield, being able to come out of the backfield and having a linebacker trying to guard me. I mean, <laughs> I'm taking me over that linebacker every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay,
1: and, and let's just ask you about you know I, I want to ask you because that 34-yard touchdown pass uh, reception against Intel, that's not an easy catch. So just take us through what
4: you remember on that play. All I remember is. I'm, I, I come out the backfield, I see the linebacker, he like, he, he, he thought I was going to do a, a, a flare out, and he, he bit down, so I just knew I had to go. I took off, and I saw the ball in the air. As I'm looking in the air, it's like the uh, stadium light was hitting with the ball. It's blending in, so I'm just running, I'm just running. And then I, I saw the ball, and it fell right into my bucket there you go and kate i want to ask you a little bit about just
1: even if it's on a deep pass if it's a post route or if it's just something on the sideline or even if it's just a hitch and go catch and run what's the key for you in terms of you know is it the vision is it just the route running that can spring it or what do you think it's going to be, what do you think it takes to be a successful receiver in your mind
3: really just your jump off the ball like the the cornerback doesn't know what you're doing so really like your first step and really your route running it's the most important part. Okay, so are there keys that what you're looking at? I mean, because one thing they, they talk about with
1: corners or if you or if there's a safety over the top about watching their hips and how they play that. So what are things that you look for from them physically that, that'll be a key that you say, if I do this, I'm going to get to the inside of him or I'm going to beat him off the line. Yes, sir.
3: On run plays, sometimes I jump off the ball to see where their hips are going. And then on pass plays, I use that same jump and then they'll go the same way. And so if the run plays inside, then I'll jump outside to see where their hips are and then I'll get an inside release. So if it's like a post or something, I'll jump that way so I can get a better release inside because usually if it's man and you make a cut outside, then he's going to go outside. So you have an easier release on the inside. So you just stack them and then get on top okay so the fun thing to because last week i understand you guys had the uh,
1: jug you know, as you heard coach uh, was talking about you all going through the jugs oh, oh, yes, sir. Prefer- so what was that like going through and you were part of that too right no nah, i ain't part uh, of that oh, I got okay. hands uh, okay <laughs> my hands are yeah, okay so <laughs> let me ask you about just you know the jugs because those things are coming in as you know oh, yeah. uh, baseballs at 95 miles an hour i'm probably exaggerating that but still oh. <laughs> but they're coming in pretty hard so what's the challenge in just understanding that drill because what can it and then what can it do for you in future games
3: Nah, it's it's crazy. Like <laughs> the ball just coming in. It's faster on the jugs and in game. Yeah, so dude. like you really just standing in front of, and then before you can even blink, the ball's right there. So it definitely prepares you for games later on. Especially when you're catching and waking up at even earlier to come to practice show for practice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really just preparing you for the week ahead. Especially because Hoss, Hoss has an arm, so you better be ready for that ball. So a jugs prepare you. All right. I so. like
1: it, sir. All right, so let's so let's uh, bring you all up to speed. OK, so these guys are 2026 20, recruits. They are both national 100 recruits and whatever is your uh, recruiting service of choice, whether that's going to be on three or two, four, seven or rivals or whatever. Now, let's just give you an indication of where these offers are, which more to come on these guys uh, for Caden. He's got several from uh, like such as where his father was at the University of Texas, TCU, Arkansas. Ray, you have Texas, Oklahoma, Georgia and USC. That's it. That's all These. That's all, that's all. who have offered you guys and, that, and nobody else. And, but I want to ask you in terms of just both of you handling this, because you still got two years to decide about where this is, what this is all going to be. Caden, I want to ask you just how you've handled this because of all the attention and just dealing with it because lots of schools, lots of DMs, lots of text messages, and just what's been vital
3: for you to kind of keep that in its place? Really, I just don't even think about it. Like. I'll be happy when a coach like calls me I'll be excited but then when it's time to practice with your team you just got to practice you don't got you don't have to think about all of that because really if you let it get to you then you're just going to be a selfish player and then if you're a selfish player then you're not going to do the best for your teammates so really I just put it to the side like when I'm around my team and I just try to be the best person and I don't let it get to me.
1: And then for you, Ray, I mean, I know that there was was a lot of talk about you as a freshman, and for you as well, Caden, but for you just handling it, what's been the key for you to just kind of keep things in its perspective when there's so much in front of you?
4: Honestly, I mean, I wake up in the same predicament every day, so I know that the offers, they don't really mean nothing. I mean, it's a great opportunity to have, but right now I'm still in the – I wake up, I'm getting ready for school like a regular person, and so I live like a regular person. And I don't let the offers get to me. Made me a big head. Made me go Hollywood on my friends or nothing like that.
1: Okay, okay. so Caden, okay, I just you know beyond what you've said, is there anything else you think you've learned from this process, and what and how to discriminate what's true
3: and what's not? Um, really, just to be a team person, be a team player. Um, yeah. <laughs> And then for you, Ray. You asking, ask
4: the question, yeah, i just, uh, just
1: ask you, you know, what do you think is
3: beyond what you've shared
1: about just what else do you think you've learned about this process just from dealing with coaches and then just attention and things like that? Because yeah, you're going to get a lot of things in social media from Twitterverse, mm-hmm. from fans, you know, tweeting at you or whatever. But what do you think you've learned just how to deal with this and what's
4: real and what's not? Honestly, I learned just to like, I really, I learned a lot. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of people who they love you sometimes and they hate you sometimes. It's a, I mean, it depends on what school you pick. Like, you post a certain school, you're gonna have some people that's disliking and hate hating and stuff like that.
1: <laughs> fans are going crazy as we're taping this because the Rangers just hit a two-run shot. But go ahead, go ahead. And but honestly,
4: it. I say I learned just love is love. I mean, enough fans not gonna help me pick where I love it. I mean, it's all about the coaches, you know, the people that's. In the program, helping you buy to it.
1: Yep. And it's going to be about the relationships you deal with the coaches. I mean, have you guys even taken any trips to go watch any teams play this uh, this coming, or have you all watched any games on Saturday, gone to
3: somewhere? Where have you been? Where have you gone, Caden? Um, I've been to Baylor. I've been to Baylor. I was at Baylor this past weekend, and then I went earlier in the season. Uh, I've been at TCU. Um, I went to the Texas Oklahoma game also, and then I also went down to Houston. To okay, watch the game. when Texas played
1: Houston? Oh no, I went Texas played Oklahoma. Oh okay, gotcha. Yes, okay, and then for you, Ray, where have you been?
4: I've been to Texas OU, Texas OU, TCU, and um, I think that's it. But I got one coming up. I'm going to USC this weekend. Oh, are you okay. against Washington?
1: Okay, well, that's kind of an important game. That'll be kind of fun to watch. That. And yes, so, okay. So okay. So we're going into the finale this week again. The regular season finale this week against Brewer. This is a big rivalry. For as you guys know, this, or, or you're about to find out this week what it, oh, yeah. what that's all about with Brewer. Uh-huh. You kind of picked up on that last year. Yes, sir. Um, but let's just talk about going into this finale because even though though all the work is done per se, winning the district championship, you got the top seed, that sort of things. What are the things that you want to see with yourselves going into this finale uh, uh, with the Bears, Caden? We'll start with you.
3: i lucky just want to use this game as a, as like a, to rust all the dust off before we go into playoffs. Because once it's playoff time, it's go time. Because like playoffs, you lose, you go home, and I don't want to go home. So I'm gonna use this game as preparation for the playoffs for Shoemaker when we played him at home. And yeah, sir.
1: And then for Ray, I mean, I know your status for Friday might be a little bit up in the air, but even so, what's going to be for you in terms of just what you want to try and accomplish, even if it's not playing, but what do you want to try and get out of this week of work for yourself personally? Get
4: the mindset right. Make sure everything's sharp, getting ready to go to playoffs when it's all on the line.
1: Just being mentally ready. All right. And then the playoffs, I mean, you know, you you won it last year. You were part of a championship team last year. But for you, have you talked for you, Ray, have you Asked other guys like, "What did you What did it take to win it?" And then just experiencing that because you made the comment. Guys were playing all this team was playing in December, and your season was over in November, first week of November. but What have you talked to guys about? What's What it takes to play at this level yeah, and I, to keep playing
4: that? I talked to a lot. I talked to Jaden. Uh, I talked to BJ Allen about, about stuff. I talked to um, I talked to a few people, asking them about like what's going on in the playoffs. How How do you stay focused and deal with injuries and just stuff like that? I mean, I talked to BJ a lot, and he helped me.
3: Most important thing: Are you all having fun playing? Oh yes, sir. Yes, I have sir. fun. <laughs> Every, at practice, waking up in the mornings, it doesn't really bother me because I know
4: I get to go out there with my brothers and play football, and that's the best thing on this planet. <laughs> and the yes, treat. I love the practice because, like, you just get to talk to your uh, teammates. Like during practice, you know, you just talk about what's going on during the week and stuff like <laughs> that. But then when it's Friday, it's go time.
1: All right, there you go. Okay, so. This is the future of Alito Bearcats football. These are two sophomores that will be seen a lot of, not only for as long as this season hopes, and of course everyone hopes that's gonna be the Friday before Christmas, that would be the state championship game, but for 2024 and 2025. To my immediate left is running back Ray Guillory. To my far left is wide receiver Caden Finley. Folks, let them know how much you enjoyed having them out here tonight. and so one quick thing on the uh, volleyball team which we did tell you earlier they did beat uh, Northside tonight by scores of 25 2 25 9 25 10. and and we should also let you know that the alito regiment which plays my favorite song but i'll get into that another time uh made it to state so this is the uh, third straight year that they've made it down to the state competition that's a really good band the alito regiment and we want to thank you all for being here just a reminder that uh, this podcast is being brought to you by h5 sports barn h5 sports barn and knife physio and performance can help unlock your athletic potential and elevate your game like the alito bearcats with expert sports physical therapy tailored recovery plans and top-notch sports performance training. H5 Sports Barn, proud supporters of the Alito Bearcats. Bearcats play the 2023 finale this coming Friday over in White Settlement against the Brewer Bears. 630 is the pregame show on 92.1 Hank FM and then the kickoff at seven o'clock. And then we'll be back here next week for the Bearcats as they get ready to take on Colleen shoemaker in the region one. Five A Division One playoff round. Lots to look forward to, and we'll obviously have a breakdown of what happened at the state cross country meet, which will be on Friday. I'm Kevin Longos. We'll talk to you all Friday night when the Bearcats take on their archrival Bears. Have a good week, everybody. So long from
0: Jakes. Thanks for listening to the Alito Bearcats Coaches Show podcast brought to you by H5 Sports Barn in Alito with Bearcats head coach Robbie Jones and the voice of the Bearcats, Kevin Longquist. Please like and subscribe to this podcast and tell a friend. You're also welcome to join us in person every Monday night at 7 from the new Jake's Burgers, 601 FM 1187 in Alito. And then listen to every Alito Bearcats game home and away live on 92.1. Hank FM on the free 92.1 Hank FM app or online at 921hankfm.com. The Alito Coaches Show podcast is a production of Real Country Hank FM.